Welcome to the Preconception Podcast, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to guiding women through the preconception period. Our mission is to make sure you have the information you need in order to have the healthiest pregnancy possible, whether that happens next month or next year. The decisions you make today can significantly impact the health of you and your future children for years to come. So each week on our podcast, we'll discuss one piece of the preconception puzzle. This way, you can enter pregnancy empowered, informed, and in the best health possible. Join us on your journey and have today be the day you start planning your perfect pregnancy. Hello, everyone. We are back on the Preconception Podcast today with Brooke Boscovich, a functional nutritionist. Now, if you tuned in last week, we spoke with her about egg health and what you can do to improve your egg quality from a nutritional standpoint. Today, we are going to talk about what you can do to improve your sperm health. So if you're a woman and you have a male partner and you're listening to this, definitely pass it along to them because as you will hear, sperm health is just as important as egg quality when it comes to um, having a healthy baby and decreasing your risk of complications such as infertility and miscarriage. So Brooke, for anyone who has not heard our episode from last week, can you just give us a bit of information again about your background um, and how you got into functional nutrition? Yeah, definitely. So I am a registered dietitian. Um, I'm the owner of Brooke Boscovich Nutrition, which is a functional and integrative nutrition practice. Um, I'm specializing in digestive wellness and hormone balance and in really fertility um, for, for women and couples. I work with um, couples a lot of the time. Um, so my background is largely in nutrition. I have a master's of science in nutrition. Um, and then I went on to um, get further education in integrative and functional medicine, um, which has really helped me, you know, approach fertility from a functional standpoint, which basically means that I look at the whole body. Um, I am not just looking at the reproductive environment, but we're talking about digestion and hormones and the detox system and basically how nutrition influences every piece of that, um, which then influences both egg quality and sperm quality to um, help a couple conceive. Um, So that's that's basically who I am and what I do. Um, what led me to this area is really my, my personal story. Um, I struggled with irregular cycles and health for um, most of my life, really. And um, I saw many, many doctors and wasn't really getting the answers that I was looking for. So I basically took one special doctor who is a naturopath actually that helped me dive in um, with a different perspective and um, I was finally able to figure out that you know my my health specifically I, I was then diagnosed with celiac disease and Hashimoto's and those things were also impacting my cycle and my hormones um, so kind of connecting all of those dots really made me very very interested in how all of it is connected and I 
wanted to continue learning more and helping others, you know, connect these dots. So um, I'm very, very passionate about um, preconception health um, and, and using functional nutrition to help couples optimize their fertility, really no matter where they're at um, in their journey to trying to grow their family. Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. It's so interesting that you actually found your initial help, it sounds like, from the naturopath because that is the experience that I had as well. I have found that Western or conventional physicians um, just really don't have much information at all to share and sometimes inaccurate information to share when it comes to nutrition. And my first really good experience with someone who really dove deeply into my eating habits, what I was eating, when I was eating, and then correlating those with labs was a naturopath also. And that actually made me really interested in sen- in nutrition. And since then, I have read you know some books on my own because I realized as a PA how deficient my knowledge was in nutrition. I definitely felt like I was never an expert by any means before, but I don't think I even realized how poorly the Western medical education system um, educates providers on nutrition until I found this provider who knew so much more than me. And I was like, wow, I really, (laughs) I really need to work on this. And so um, I think that's a really good point. And I love that there's so many different options for patients to see nowadays, including people like yourself uh, online. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Nutrition is a major piece of the puzzle that is definitely missing um, in the Western medical model. But um, of course, they work well together, but definitely having that um, nutrition piece um, for everybody, really overall health, but definitely for fertility as well is very beneficial. Absolutely. So as we talk about sperm health today, um, I just want to define for our audience what exactly that means. And so last episode, when we talked about egg health, we talked about quantity of eggs and quality of eggs. And so I kind of want to compare that to sperm health today. So same with eggs. With sperm, there is the number that you have, which is the quantity of sperm, and that can or cannot cause issues when it relates to fertility. And then there's also the quality of sperm. Can you talk a little bit about what we're specifically looking at when we're talking about sperm quality? Yeah, definitely. So the sperm analysis um, or standards sperm analysis will look at um, quantity, which is count, but also quality, which um, partially is motility or how the sperm is moving and morphology, which is like the shape for how how the sperm looks um, and, and is best able to um, fertilize an egg, basically. So another marker that I also like to bring up that is not standard to test but can be asked for with the sperm analysis is DNA fragmentation. So that's another marker that can help us look at the quality of sperm as well. And that DNA fragmentation is influenced by oxidative stress. Um, So basically damage to the sperm will show up on that DNA fragmentation measurement. Um, Really, sperm can't repair their own membranes um, and eggs can overcome some damage 
But we know that high levels of oxidation, which essentially leads to DNA damage or that DNA fragmentation, actually can increase time to conception and increase the, the risk for miscarriage. In your experience, these three markers, morphology, motility, DNA fragmentation, are they able to be improved through nutrition changes? Absolutely, yes. Um, All of them can be improved um, with both nutrition and lifestyle changes. Um, So nutrition helps protect us against that oxidative damage or oxidative stress, but there's definitely... um, targeted interventions that we can do to improve things like motility and morphology of the sperm as well. So it it can definitely be improved. Um, The turnover or the production of sperm takes about um, 70 days, roughly. Um, So the maturation period is a better way to say that. (laughs) It takes about 70 days. So changing nutrition and lifestyle habits during that time can really make a big factor on those markers and improve sperm quality. That's a great point because last week we spoke about how there's about a 90 to 100 day period where you're really significantly affecting the health of eggs. And so if we're thinking about sperm being in a similar, maybe slightly shorter period, it really emphasizes the importance of a woman and her partner making these changes as they're getting ready to, you know, plan for their pregnancy and conceive. And I think that's really important to recognize because so much of the emphasis gets put on women and so much of the pressure to change their lifestyle, change their, you know, diet, et cetera, um, is put on women. And I think that this really emphasizes that men play 50% of the role in making a healthy baby. Um, And nutrition is just one way that we can improve the health of both the eggs and the sperm. Absolutely. Um, It's definitely a male issue too. Fertility in general is a male issue too. Um, there, there's stats showing that roughly a third of infertility is due to male factor and another third is combined female and male factor. So it's definitely not a female issue alone. And guys can play a significant role in decreasing that risk of miscarriage and really like improving the lifelong health of their future tiny human just by focusing on um, improved nutrition and lifestyle habits during that preconception period. Absolutely. And it really makes it quite easy when you talk about nutrition specifically, because if, you know, a woman is changing her nutrition, then it just makes sense, you know, for the man to do the same thing. They're likely eating some of their meals together um, and, you know, possibly cooking together or whatnot. And so I actually feel like that's a really unique opportunity to kind of do something together that you know will have lifelong benefits both for you and your child in the future. Absolutely. It's a team effort to conceive, and it should definitely be a team effort to prepare to conceive, in my, in my opinion, too. <laughs> I think that's a great way to think about it. So um, let's talk about a few of the things that contribute to poor sperm quality. Yeah, yeah. So nutrition, of course, is huge. So um, how much we're eating, um, as well as the types of foods that we're eating can make a big impact on 
um, sperm quality and then the factors that we talked about as far as motility, morphology, um, and DNA fragmentation also count to um, nutrition and lifestyle definitely have an impact on sperm count. So if your count is low, like these, these changes can definitely make an impact as well. Um, so when I say lifestyle, I'm talking about things like sleep quality and stress management, as well as exercise. Um, all of those things play a role in the amount of oxidative stress that is happening in your body. Um, and then even exposures, environmental exposures, um, which, which can also be ingested. So exposures to alcohol, for example, can increase oxidative stress and oxidative damage in the body. Um, so there's a, definitely a dose-dependent response there. Um, other things like tobacco and marijuana also make a big impact on the quality of our sperm too. Um, so, so a lot, a lot of things to think about, um, but hopefully, um, even just with focusing on nutrition and the main lifestyle changes, there's great research showing that there's, um, significant improvements in sperm quality, um, that can happen. Excellent. Yeah. And I've personally seen a lot of research coming out specifically surrounding marijuana use, um, as it becomes, legalized in more states and we're seeing, you know, people use it for medicinal purposes. I've noticed that there's been a plethora of research that has shown some abnormalities that have been associated with it specifically as it relates to sperm health, I guess. Okay, great. So we talked about ways that we can measure sperm quantity and quality through that semen analysis. So how might these problems present themselves, whether or not you actually have had a test to know about them? really any of them, um, no matter what might be off in a sperm analysis, could lead to longer time to conception, um, definitely increased risk for early miscarriage. Um, if, if there is, especially if there is, say, DNA fragmentation specifically, um, um, the egg can overcome some of those alterations in the DNA, but if, if there's significant damage there, um, it will either not fertilize or, or not be able to um, sustain a pregnancy. The embryo won't be able to continue growing. Those are really the two main things, longer time to conception, increased risk of miscarriage um, that we see. And so I'd like to speak a little bit more in depth about how nutrition specifically affects sperm health. Um, last week, we talked about certain nutrients that were important for egg health. And some of those I I know cross over to sperm health as well. But I believe there's also some that are more specific to male health and um, male fertility. So can you talk a little bit to begin with just kind of broadly how nutrition affects sperm health? Yeah, so we need nutrients to support sperm maturation, basically, and sperm quality. So um, when we're talking about programming of the DNA and limiting that DNA fragmentation, um, we're really talking about antioxidants, um, protecting the sperm from oxidative stress. And 
which then protects it from the damage to the DNA. Um, we also just need the nutrients in general to be able to build the sperm, have enough sperm, um, and, and help with the, the motility and the morphology pieces as well. Um, but largely talking about antioxidants when we're talking about um, sperm quality. Right. And that makes a lot of sense because you said one of the things that significantly affects sperm quality is oxidative damage. And so that makes a lot of sense that antioxidants then would be really important in that. Definitely. Yeah. They're, they're the little superheroes that are protecting um, the sperm from, from the damage of, of oxidative stress, which you can think of as the bad guys. <laughs> Perfect. So let's start there. Um can you talk about some of the specific antioxidants that are associated with improved sperm health? Definitely. So um, some of the big ones are vitamin C, um, vitamin E, as well as beta carotene, um, selenium and zinc are big ones. Lycopene is another really big one. Um, and CoQ10 is also a big one. And of course, I always try to recommend food first um, before supplementation, but supplementation is very beneficial for antioxidant um, defense, basically. And it definitely depends on um, what's going on with your sperm analysis or, or where you're starting as far as what you might need to supplement and how much, um, but we can definitely start um, with, with diet and get all of these antioxidants in, in much bigger doses than you might be currently. Okay, so let's start with CoQ10. What exactly is CoQ10? Yeah, so CoQ10 is kind of a superhero antioxidant, if you will. Um, it is more challenging to get in food specifically. We get small amounts in um, some animal proteins, but um, we know that CoQ10 does improve motility in our sperm as, as well as DNA fragmentation. So it's a really common one, I guess, to, to supplement to help with poor sperm quality. Can you get CoQ10 in any food or it's only available in supplement form? Small amounts in some food, yeah, small amounts in like seafood and meat, um, but very small amounts, definitely not evidence-based doses. And um, I'm sure you're familiar with some of the like male prenatal vitamins that are on the market now. Is CoQ10, in your experience, typically something that's included in those type of vitamins, or is this one that you typically need to supplement separately? It's sometimes included um, in a couple of male fertility supplements, but it's typically a pretty low dose when compared to what I would recommend for a more evidence-based dose. So it is typically something that you'd need to supplement separately. And do you think that this can be beneficial for everyone who's considering conceiving, you know, in the next six months to a year? Or is this one typically reserved for, for people who are actually like having problems? It doesn't seem to hurt. <laughs> I mean, so it could definitely be beneficial for everyone. There are studies showing that CoQ10 is um, good for overall health too, just because of its antioxidant properties that it has. So it's definitely not only specific to sperm quality or, or fertility in general. So it, it doesn't hurt to take. It can be really expensive though. So 
in order to get the biggest bang for your buck and make sure that you're taking appropriate supplements, I definitely, or appropriate amount of the supplements, um, I definitely recommend having a sperm analysis done if you can and checking with a healthcare provider or somebody specializing in fertility like myself um, to help you with that so you're not taking it unadvised, I guess, and not wasting money on the amount that you're taking. That makes a lot of sense. The great thing about our culture today is that there's all these direct-to-consumer testing companies available, such as, you know, preconception. And currently we focus on women, but there are companies I've seen that have essentially at-home semen analyses where you can provide a sample and then I believe mail it back to the lab. Um, And so I'll link some of those here. But do you have any experience with the... I don't want to say non-medical, but just the ones that like you don't have to get an order from a physician with. I have very little experience with those. Um, Honestly, the majority of my clients, by the time they come to see me, they've had that testing done with a medical provider. Um, I wish they were coming to me much sooner than that, (laughs) but but that's typically the case. So I don't have much experience with the direct-to-consuming ones. I think it's really empowering to be able to have this information when you want it, like you said earlier. In my experience, sometimes, um, and I think this is somewhat of a biased approach, I've seen both OBGYNs and fertility doctors um, really focus on the woman initially and sometimes delay doing the semen analysis much longer than, in my opinion, they should. Because as you mentioned, it's about 50-50 when it comes to who, who is contributing to the infertility, and sometimes it's both people. Um, and so I think, like you said, like having that information early and then seeking out people like yourself earlier in the process, you know, not waiting until everything else seems to fail and then trying these alternative approaches, if you will, um, could be really helpful. Absolutely. I completely agree. I, it's never too early to start focusing on preconception care. Um, it's heartbreaking that, you know, in the Western medical model, we're told to just try for a year um, or that we have to wait for miscarriage number three before we get more testing that shouldn't be standard, in my opinion. Um, we can definitely gather more information way before that and start taking charge of our overall health and our fertility to not not only improve our own health, but definitely provide better outcomes for our future baby that we are trying to conceive. Absolutely. And that's kind of a PSA that I would love to just say right now to anyone who's listening that... Um, For starters, we are big supporters, obviously, of preconception planning and health. And so oftentimes, by making these changes before you ever even try to conceive, you will completely avoid what may have been an infertility journey for yourself. Um, But if you're someone who is trying to conceive and you find that you're not getting pregnant as quickly as you thought you were, but maybe you're still on that six-month or a year period of trying and no one's really willing to do an evaluation for you, you certainly can do all of these things on your own, right? Like if you haven't gotten your preconception testing already, you can do that. Um, You can get it through a company like ourselves where you don't even have to rely on your provider to order it. Um, You can speak with people like Brooke and really focus on that, on your nutrition. There's no reason that you can't be trying to conceive and also working on things, even if it feels like, you know, 
there might be something else going on because you may be able to find out some of these issues before you like formally go to a fertility doctor. You know, if you're, if you have to wait to that year mark because your doctor just refuses to refer you or maybe insurance won't cover it for a year, that's a lot of barriers for people. Um, you still can do some of these other things in the meantime, right? And they certainly can only help you, even if it ends up being that there's something completely unrelated that's causing your fertility. All of these are really preconception. And so they will help you and the health of your baby, regardless of, you know, how you end up getting pregnant, whether that's, you know, naturally conceiving or using some kind of infertility treatment. Absolutely. Yeah, it's never too early to start gathering that information. I'm so glad that you pointed out that, you know, starting to focus on preconception health can actually um, prevent you from going down an infertility journey, um, potentially. Um, that That's a really important point, but definitely, you know, don't feel bad if you're, you're currently struggling with infertility. Um, we only can do the best with the information we have on hand. And um, I hope that you're getting the support that you deserve now and hopefully listening to um, podcasts just like this will, <laughs> will help guide you in the right direction as to how to continue gathering information because it definitely does um, improve your overall health too. And um, and no matter how you end up conceiving, really, like this matters, like your health matters and um, paying attention to both egg quality and sperm quality definitely matters whether you end up getting um, support with IVF or fertility medication as well. Absolutely. Um, okay, so we talked about CoQ10. You also mentioned lycopene as um, an antioxidant that could be helpful for supporting sperm health. Can you tell us what lycopene is? Yeah, so lycopene is an antioxidant that is found in like bread and pink foods. So think tomatoes. Tomatoes are a really big one that lycopene is found in. Um, other things include watermelon and papaya and grapefruits. Um, but, but really thinking about that color, the red or pink pigment is what has lycopene in it. Um, and those are just another antioxidant that can help reduce oxidative stress and DNA damage in sperm. Excellent. And in this case, um, do you find that most people are able to get lycopene from their diet or do you often need to have additional supplementation? Lycopene is a much easier one to get in your diet. So I don't um, typically supplement that in addition. Okay, great. Um, and it sounds like it's easy for people who are vegetarians or vegans also because all of those foods that you mentioned are fruits or vegetables. So that's excellent. Definitely. Yes, that's, a, that's an easy one. All right. Let's talk about zinc. What is zinc and what role does that play in sperm health? Yeah, so zinc is um, another big one for sperm health. There's some really good research around zinc, and it is a, an antioxidant as well. It has antioxidant properties. Um, it is found in foods like oysters and beans, um, also chicken, chickpeas, um, nuts and seeds, too, also are decent suppliers of zinc, too, Um it can be a little tricky to get evidence-based doses of zinc in food alone. Um, your diet definitely helps. I definitely recommend including those foods as much as possible. But if there are 
sperm parameters that are off or, or you need a little bit more boost with sperm quality, supplementation of zinc can be really beneficial. Yeah, and zinc has been beneficial in so many cases. I know that there's evidence that zinc can help to um, shorten viral illnesses, um, like head colds, for instance. Um, which so it's like it seems like a pretty powerful antioxidant in general. Definitely, yeah, yeah, and it, it's been shown um, to really help every sperm parameter too. And the dosing changes a little bit, but if we're talking about motility or morphology or count or even DNA fragmentation, um, zinc is definitely coming in there <laughs> um, to, to help um, support all of those parts of the sperm and improve sperm quality and quantity as well. Yeah, and that's the great thing about a lot of these nutrients is that it seems like most of them affect more than one parameter. So a lot of times, um, multiple parameters will be abnormal on semen analyses. But even if you just have one parameter that's abnormal, um, it seems like you'll likely see a benefit in in all parameters from improving your nutrition when it comes to, to these nutrients specifically. Definitely. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see lifestyle changes or diet and lifestyle changes influence um, sperm as a whole, for sure. Okay, let's talk about selenium, because this is one that I think a lot of people might not be familiar with, both where it's found and what it even is. Yeah, so selenium is, is another antioxidant. Um, it is found in um, Brazil nuts is one of the biggest sources of selenium. We can actually get our um, daily needs of selenium and a couple of Brazil nuts a day. But it is also found in things like um, sardines and tuna. Um, shrimp and beef also have selenium. Brown rice and eggs have selenium as well. Um, but another one that is really helpful for improving sperm parameters too and kind of defending off that oxidative oxidative stress that can cause that DNA damage that we've been talking about. And with selenium, do you tend to get this mostly from diet or is this something that you need a supplement for? Um, it can depend a little bit, but um, we, we can get a decent amount in our diet for sure. I am a fan of seeing it in kind of like a men's prenatal or multivitamin, at least to help boost levels um, a little bit closer to evidence-based doses. Um, but, but the combo definitely helps with diet and supplementation. All right. That's so good to know. Selenium is something that I've only <laughs> know about recently because I've seen a lot of um, dietitians talk about it on social media. And I have to say the Brazil nut thing always stands out, but it must, I guess that's because you said that you only need a couple and you can get your daily intake of it. Yeah. They're super high in selenium. Um, so definitely a great way to include them in your diet, but you know, if you're not a fan of Brazil nuts, it can be a little bit trickier. Um, or if you're allergic to nuts in general, it can definitely be a little bit trickier to get enough selenium just because there's a lot smaller amounts in most other foods. That's a really good point. Um, all right. What about beta carotene? Yeah. So beta carotene is another um, antioxidant, um, super supportive of sperm as well. And this one's found in more of the like orange or even yellowish uh, fruits and vegetables. So um, it, it's um, like sweet potato, carrots, um, tomato juice does have beta carotene in it too, pumpkin, 
Um, those are some of the big ones. Uh, leafy greens have a little bit of beta carotene, but definitely focusing on those orange, yellow fruits and vegetables is going to give you the most beta carotene um, in your diet. I really love this association with food colors because to yeah. me, that's so easy to remember. Like, oh, okay, like carrot, carotene, all the orange things, like lycopene. Okay, that's going to be the pink stuff. Like, that's so helpful. Definitely. Yeah, it's a helpful way to think about it and a helpful way to make your diet more colorful too, right? If we're thinking about color in general in our diet, we're definitely getting a higher variety of antioxidants, which is another another tip to use. Um, so incorporating more color is going to be incorporating more antioxidants in your diet. Yeah. And it just makes your food more fun to eat. Like who doesn't love like a super colorful salad compared to just like a salad with, you know, celery and lettuce. That's pretty boring. Yes, for sure. Um, Okay. And then I believe you also mentioned vitamin C and vitamin E as playing roles in sperm health, correct? Yes, definitely. So those are both um, very helpful antioxidants as well. Vitamin E is found largely in nuts um, and seeds. So sunflower seeds, almonds, pistachios. Um, vitamin E is also found in like oils too. Um, but I, I, I definitely um, recommend getting vitamin E in your diet where you can. It can be very helpful to supplement too, um, depending on, on what we're talking about going on in, in your um, sperm analysis. But if you don't have a sperm analysis, um, focusing on those nuts and seeds, um, really like a small handful of nuts a day is going to help boost vitamin E quite a bit in your diet. Um, and then vitamin C is found in definitely our citrus, but actually um, uh, strawberries and peppers have even higher amounts of vitamin C in them. And um, even broccoli has a good amount of vitamin C. I know we tend to think of like orange juice being like the, the top vitamin C uh, or top way to get vitamin C in our diet, but that's not quite true. So definitely thinking about like the red peppers and the strawberries um, can help you get even higher doses of vitamin C in. Um, and both vitamin C and vitamin E can be helpful to supplement too. Um, they should definitely be part of like a, a multi or men's prenatal supplement. Um, but may need to be supplemented individually depending on what's going on with sperm parameters. Um, so there's definitely good research around all of these antioxidants that we've talked about. So we have a good idea as to um, what to recommend dose-wise as well as um, quality-wise when it come, comes to supplements. So that that's something that I always like to mention, like the quality of your supplements really do make a difference. Um, so working with a provider that has a little bit of knowledge in, in supplements, especially when we're talking about fertility, can help you avoid going out and spending all of this money and start taking all of these supplements that you might not necessarily need or you might not be taking the appropriate dose of. So um Definitely ha- happy to help you in that area <laughs> if you're interested. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's great advice. 
I definitely think that the supplement section of any pharmacy or store can be incredibly overwhelming for a lot of people as far as dosing and, you know, powder form or pill form and how many to take per day and and whatnot. And so I agree when you get to this point of talking about um, supplementation, you know, more than just getting these things in your diet, I think it's really important to speak with someone who has a good level of knowledge about um, not only these nutrients in general, but specifically as they relate to fertility. Because as you mentioned, there are certain ones that have evidence-based dosing. And um, I would hate to see someone, you know, think that they're doing everything they're supposed to by taking these supplements, but then only, you know, to find out that they're not taking the correct dosing of them or the correct um, form or they're taking a poor quality vitamin or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. It can make such a big difference in the support that those supplements are are giving you. And they should always be um, support to your diet, of course. So definitely, you know, if you can add as many of these sources of food that are going to provide you these antioxidants in your diet, like you're definitely going to be a step ahead and then add the supplements and hopefully with appropriate guidance after that, you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck for sure. Yeah. So speaking of quality, do you have any go-to supplement companies that you recommend or does it kind of depend based on which supplement you're, you're talking about? Yeah. So it does vary a little bit based on what supplement we're talking about. Um, A couple that I like to use um, include Pure Encapsulations is a a good supplement brand. Integrative Therapeutics is another good brand. It definitely depends on what nutrient we're talking about just because um, every supplement company tends to dose their supplements a little bit differently. Um, but those those two companies provide really good quality nutrients in their supplements. Um, and another really great one for just a men's prenatal, like if you're looking for a men's prenatal um, belly baby is my favorite. Um, that one um, is very evidence-based supplement for, for men and the best male prenatal that I've found on the market, um, I typically do advise additional supplementation. If, if we have a sperm analysis, we target things a little bit more specifically. So we might be adding in like a higher dose of CoQ10, for instance, maybe a higher dose of zinc, um, depending on, on what we're targeting specifically. That's excellent. And um, I will try to add all the links to those brands in the show notes in case anyone is interested in um, learning more about those. Um, All right. So when we talk about these levels of nutrients, how long do you typically find that it takes to get to um, sufficient levels to find improvements in sperm health? Yes. So I'm really focusing on these nutrients um, and really just nutrition and lifestyle habits over at least that 70-day period is going to give you the most significant change. It typically takes a little bit longer than that just because, you know, I, I preach sustain, sustainability <laughs> to my clients all the time and we definitely um, don't want to be overly strict um, 
in, in everything, but incorporating these nutrients is going to be really, really beneficial over a minimum of the 70 day period. And when I'm working with couples, we're always talking about that 90 to 100 day period for egg quality. So, you know, when we're including the man in that or the male partner in that, um, we're, we're talking about closer to a hundred days anyways, because then we're seeing significant changes in both egg and sperm quality. Um, so I think that answered your question, but definitely a minimum of 70 days. Yeah. And that really emphasizes what we spoke about earlier, that it's really preferred if you can do this together with your partner, because it would be super unfortunate to have the woman making all of these changes only to then find out that now the man needs to make these changes. And that just adds, you know, a bunch of extra time on a fertility journey that you probably didn't want to add to. Definitely. Yeah. If you can do it together from the get go, you are definitely going to be uh, much closer to your end goal of taking home that healthy baby much sooner. Okay, great. So as we kind of get to the end of the episode today, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners today? Um, I, I just hope that you take away from this episode that preconception care is just as important for men as it is for women. And if you can make these changes together um, as a team, you're definitely going to improve your overall outcomes, um, whether it's decreasing time to pregnancy, decreasing risk of miscarriage, um, but definitely improving that lifelong health of that healthy baby. And it's never too early to start. So even if you're just starting to think about trying to conceive, making these adjustments now can make a really big difference in, in your fertility journey as a whole. All right, Brooke. So thank you so much for coming on. Can you let our listeners just know how they can find you if they're interested in um, reading more about you or about your services? Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And if you're looking to find out more about me or work with me, um, you can visit my website at brookbnutrition.com or come see me on Instagram. I am the.fertility.dietitian. Um, I have a lot of information on there. Feel free to message me if you have any questions um, about my services, but also follow that link in my bio. Um, you will get links to some of my favorite supplements as well as just blog posts and hopefully a lot of helpful free info there as well. That's awesome. Well, thanks again, Brooke, for coming on not one but two podcast episodes with us. We so appreciate you taking your time to um, speak with us and our audience. I really think this will be a super important episode and one that probably doesn't get talked about quite as much as it should and definitely not as much as the female component. So I'm really looking forward to hearing everyone's comments about this. If you enjoyed the episode, please give us a five-star rating and send us your feedback. You can always email us at podcast at preconceptiontest.com. We're always happy to hear what you thought about the episode, any information that you'd like to hear about in new episodes, or whatever else you have to share with us. So thanks again, Brooke, and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Christy. The information provided in the Preconception Podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be interpreted as medical advice. Please speak with your healthcare provider to learn more about your health before pregnancy.